Welcome to the WinFL Show. Welcome to the Outer Hebrides. It's the WinFL Show. I'm your host, Ian McKinnon. I'm joined this week by Jake McGee. Jake, how are you doing? I'm always good and happy to join you. That's what I like to hear. Um, so, Jake, free agency. It's been going crazy, obviously. So, um, you know, we, we covered as much as we could last week through the actual day of free agency frenzy. It was, it was an absolute nightmare with everything that was going on. But there's been a few more moves, obviously. So why don't we uh, jump straight to the news, as it were. What have you got for us? Any, any other trades or signings that have tickled your fancy? Well, thankfully, it started to slow down. But like you say, after you guys finished um, last week, the, the, the following days were busy. Yep. Um, the one team that has been very busy, and I am slightly get you know I'm getting more and more concerned about them, is the Carolina Panthers. They have been making moves all off season. Uh, they've been very aggressive. Yep. They've brought in Miles Sanders, um, former Eagles running back. They have brought in Hayden Hurst, the former tight end, I believe, for the Bengals or the Ravens, possibly both. Uh, but a good tight end on a good deal. And then they made the big move of getting Adam Thielen. Um, so they just continue. Uh, you know, we know they've got the, the first round pick, well, the number one pick now. And you know, questions can be asked: who won that trade? But the Panthers are certainly doing their very best to make sure that the first round picks they gave up next year and the years going forward aren't going to be um, the best picks possible for the for the Bears. So they've been aggressive. They've been proactive and, and they're certainly making a case to be the off-season winners at the moment I would say and uh, do, do you know what they what did they get Thielen for what was the, the the trade value on that one so Thielen was a free agent so signed a, a three-year 25 million um, deal nice. um, Hayden Hurst was three years as well uh, 21 and three quarters of a million and Mal Sanders was actually four years which is quite a lengthy contract for a running back and 25 Point four million that includes thirteen million guaranteed. So they're certainly not afraid to, to throw a bit of cash around. Um, but that is how you get better, especially for a team. I personally feel like, especially because they were number nine and now they've got the number the one pick. Yeah, people seem to think the Panthers are in some sort of rebuild and they're a struggling team. They got seven wins last year, uh, including five of their last eight, which were all after they traded Kristen McCaffrey away. This isn't a bad team. It's not it's a, a, a very talent. poor roster. Yeah, it's not not a, a a rebuild situation, and I think the Panthers are are showing that they're going okay. We're not, you know, trading away, going to get a quarterback, and then just see where we are in three years. They're going, we're going to get a quarterback. Yeah, and uh, we're going to we're going to be, you know, in the end. Oh, the NFC South is there for the taking this season. I love the the addition of Adam Thielen. I think it's absolutely fantastic because. If you remember back when he sort of came into the league and it was himself and Stefan Diggs over in Minnesota, and it was one of the best one-two punches in the league at the time, they then traded Diggs to Buffalo for... I'm gonna, it wasn't two firsts, was it? What did they get for Stefan Diggs? Like a first and a third? First and a second and a first and a third. Yeah, it was, it was a lot they got for Stefan Diggs. And at the time, I was thinking, they could probably get that for Thielen. Because Thielen was, I, I'm not going to say he's, you know, better than Stefan Diggs, 
but the, they were equally as effective in Minnesota. So Diggs goes, Thielen's the man. Then they bring in Justin Jefferson. <laughs> he becomes the man. And all of a sudden, you're, you know, Thielen's like, oh, what's going on here? Um, I think that's a fantastic pickup for Carolina. Adam Thielen can get it done. He's a, a great, great wide receiver. What's your view on that? Well, like you say, he holds several NFL records already, including eight straight games over 100 yard receiving. Uh, 74 receptions in the first half of a season. I mean, he is a great complimentary wide receiver. You know, when you've got a Diggs taking up the the yeah, you know, the defense. If you've got uh, Justin Jefferson, you all of a sudden forget that Adam Thielen's right there, and he can kill you too. One of the big things about the trade with the Bears that everyone was saying, "Oh well, the Panthers had a choice between a first round pick or a second round pick and DJ Moore, and they gave away DJ Moore, which you know." is a big uh, miss for them. Well, they're already kind of filling those kind of holes, bringing in Hayden Hurst, a big tight end, bringing in Adam Thielen. I don't think they're finished. Um, and they'll certainly try and give whoever is going to be quarterback, um, which obviously a lot of questions about. They're going to put them in a position to succeed. So I don't think this will be the, the last move they make. I don't think this will be their finished wide receiver room, but it's certainly a, a, a really good ad for them. And, just experience as well it, it is it, it's really good for them and now, now last week when they, they made the trade for the first overall pick uh, sorry when we covered when we covered it um, I was saying how much I loved the move for Chicago I thought it was a really good mm-hmm. Chicago got a lot for that uh, you know getting DJ Moore is you know Carolina's number one receiver plus all the draft picks uh, and you see, and they still had the number nine pick, and you're thinking, my goodness, they yeah. really did well. But Carolina, as you've already said, almost you know just oh well. So DJ Moore's gone, let's bring in Adam Thielen. We got that's that cancelled out. Um, so I mean, it's it's fantastic. It's a great move for Carolina. I absolutely love it. I'm so happy for them. Uh, and I think I think um, Baker's going to do well. Not Baker. Good God, it is Baker. No, Baker's gone to. No, he's still Baker is in the NFC South, but he's gone to the Bucks. Sorry, Panthers the Bucks. Sorry, the Bucks. Yeah, Panthers have got Dalton. Andy Dalton. Dalton. They brought in him, um, and oh. then obviously the first number one pick is is going to be a quarterback. You don't move uh, and trade up all that no. without taking a quarterback. So no. that that'll be the interesting thing. So what 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 do you think? Are you thinking Young first overall? Are you thinking uh, Stroud first overall? What do you reckon? Who do you think they go for? Levi's Anthony, no, and Anthony Richardson. You think Florida Richardson? Quarterback. You're going to go for? I him? think, I think they'll do something crazy. I think, you know, Bryce Young and Cedar Stroud. You know, I've been one two on on most people's drafts. I think Carolina are going to do so. Well, it'll be interesting. I think as we get closer, I was saying this to to you, and I really hope that they don't let us know. I hope it's not in two weeks' time they go. Yep, we're going to take Cedar Stroud. I know. And then you just sat there going, oh, cool. I want to be on draft day like, who are they going to pick? Because this that is interesting to me. I, I want to stay up till you know, 2, 3 a.m. in the morning and not know. When when you're like three weeks in advance going, oh, well, Javion Clowney's number one pick, so who's number two? You know, yeah. kind of spoils it a bit. It, it, it does a bit. It was like when, you know, when Trevor Lawrence came out. There yeah. was no, there was no surprise. Everyone knew he was going to be first. I, I don't like it. I'm sure I've said this before. I don't like them. Uh, you know how they, they've always got the cameras on the players mm-hmm. in their in their homes or or in the green room or wherever they're going to be. 
and they have them who they think is going to be, you know, or someone's got a phone call, let's cut to them. I don't like that. Yeah. I, I, I'd like I'd like it to be more like, um, I don't know, like the Oscars. Not, you know, so someone whips it out and says, and the number one overall pick is, you know, CJ Stroud. And she just tells like, ah, no idea. I had no idea it was going to be me and everyone thought it was going to be him. And, you know, giving him the finger or whatever. You know what I mean? It's, that's what I want. I, I like, I like it when, uh, so like when teams throw a curveball during the, the draft, I love it. When a trade is made the last second and a team jumps in and everyone's like, who are they going to pick? Who are they going to pick? What, why are they jumping up? And that's what I love about draft night. I'm, I'm like, I don't like knowing a week in advance who the first three off the board are going to be there's no suspense and and um, it's yeah look the, the surprise of it I always you know it used to be Mike Mayock it's now Daniel Jeremiah where they would go you know who's it going to be because you're the draft expert and 90% of the time like oh this is going to be you know the safety from Clemson and then they, you know lo and behold it's the safety from Clemson because they've probably been told that's who's up next I love when they get that wrong. And they're like, oh, you know, I think this is going to be, they're going to go tight end. And then all of a sudden it's like a linebacker. And they're like, whoa, okay. Or the Patriots, for example, it's like, oh, who could the Patriots pick? Oh, they're going to pick this guy that people thought was going to be there in a hundred picks, you know? And everyone's like, yeah. oh, well, that's interesting. I, you know, that spruces up. Yeah, of course. And then you've got the, the Raiders who just, you're like, well, who was the biggest, fastest Who's guy? Who's the fastest? Who's the fastest <laughs> guy at the combine? Um, How many felons has he got? <laughs> and the Jets always do something. Yeah, what do our fans want? That person, don't do that. Yeah, and and, and I like the that. opposite. That that's what I like. I like when there's a little bit of intrigue. I like it when there's, you know, I I, I get that people have done so much research and they've got their you know their inklings of who's going to be going where, and they look at what a team needs. And as you say, so the Panthers traded up for the number one spot. We know they're taking a quarterback. That's not a surprise. It's just a question of who's it going to be. Um, so we'll see. It should be should be quite interesting for that one. Um, and with the Bears moving down to the number nine spot, obviously because they've done that, people are then going, well, who are the Bears going to take? Now, there's a couple of people saying that they might take an offensive lineman. Uh, there's a couple of people saying there was the, an edge rusher whose name I've completely forgotten that they might be looking at as well because they've lost a couple of pieces on defense in Chicago. Um but we know that they're highly unlikely to be looking for a quarterback in Chicago. It's, it's just it's just not going to happen. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to to the draft. I'm looking forward to seeing what some of these teams are doing. Uh, and going back to Carolina, as you mentioned, you know, good good for them getting Adam Thielen, great addition. So let's talk Chauncey Gardner Johnson, if that's how we're pronouncing it. Um, I know you. JG. <laughs> I know you've uh, you've got your opinion of this. He was um, posting some tweets, um, as players are wont to do, and um, a few people didn't really like what he was tweeting. Um, so he's been in the he's been in the, the headlines. So uh, I mean, what's what's your take on this, Jake? Well, it's not the first nor the last time he'll make some headlines. Uh, former Saint. He got traded last year for, well, him and a seventh round for a fifth round pick from the Saints to the Eagles, which at the time was incredibly questionable because he was on a, a rookie deal. The Eagles ended up paying him like two million, uh, basically a very cheap rental. Uh, they obviously got all the way to the Super Bowl. He yep. led the league in the interceptions. So how does a player like that end up getting a one year, eight million, 
six and a half of that being guaranteed prove it deal. How does that happen? Well, when he left the Saints, he made no uh, quiet uh, way of leaving. He, he took his shots at Saints players, Saints ownership, Saints fans. Um, had many a bust up apparently in practice with Michael Thomas and other players. Seemed to rub people the wrong way. Um, went to the Eagles, you know, happy family. He's now left the Eagles, and every single day there seems to be about three deleted tweets of him going at the Eagles or Eagles fans. Yeah. He just seems like a bit of a douchebag. Uh, the dude is a problem. <laughs> <laughs> the Saints didn't want to pay him, um, and then he trusted the team on his way out. And now the Eagles, nor anyone else, wanted to pay him a long-term contract. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, I've seen, it's, it's such a straight. You know, it's a heck of a ball play. There's no question of his skills. It's just character issues. Yeah, so he's a he's a defensive back. Mm-hmm. Um, can play in the slot. Can play. Yeah. Played safety mainly for the Saints. Yeah, ma- and mainly then transitioned safety, yeah. more. Transitioned more to the, the slot with the Eagles, which I think is where he would rather play more as a defensive back rather than a safety. Yeah. So last week, uh, I keep I keep bringing up last week because we we spoke about the Eagles last week and uh, mm-hmm. we mentioned the fact that they had extended James Bradbury. Yep. Um, Dave had said he would rather they held on to Darius Slay than James Bradbury. Uh, and then what did they do that night? They <laughs> extended Darius Slay. So yeah. they, they've done that. So I, I'm not saying he's he would be surplus to requirements uh, at the Eagles because they've got a very talented secondary, but he was a part of that very talented secondary. Um, but maybe it's just a case of there was disruption in the camp. You know, as you said, he, he's already got prior form doing this. Um, maybe he's like that all the time. And maybe the coaches got sick of him. And maybe the coaches are like, do you know what? We don't need your hassle. We don't need this baggage that's coming along with you on your bike, which just sent him off into a strop and he just started kicking off. Uh, I mean, that, that's what it looks like to me. But I mean, what do you think of that? I mean, the, the Eagles have got a great secondary, loads of talent there, but he was, he was an important part of that last year. Absolutely. The way I say it, Eagles have obviously been raided this year because they had so many players coming towards the end of contracts and they kind of went in all this year and got to the Super Bowl. Uh, but Darius Slay had tweeted a week or two ago now, like, you know, basically he was a picture of an Eagle and it was basically confirmation that he wasn't going to yeah. resign with them. And it was it came out that, you know, he'll be moving on. And then everything happened with Gardner Johnson in terms of couldn't agree a contract, obviously decided to move on um, because they weren't going to be signing Gardner Johnson. That obviously frees up a bit of cap space and they go, hey, why go look elsewhere? We've got a great cornerback in, in Darius Lay, knows the system, gets on well with the players, yep. isn't a problem causer. And now we've got two great cornerbacks, you know, despite what happens with all these players leaving, we're still keeping, you know, core members. So him getting a, a two-year, I think it was 42 million extension, 23 guaranteed at signing, Happy, you know, it, it worked out for the Eagles, in my opinion. Worked out for yeah. Darius Slay. He certainly should be sending Gardner Johnson a Christmas card. And now Gardner <laughs> Johnson, we're probably going to have this whole situation next year with Gardner Johnson. Like, you know, if he stays healthy and has another good year, teams are going to still want to pay him. But is he just going to live one year to one year? I mean, might not be a bad thing sometimes, but you, at some point you've got to mature and grow up and. We say all the time, especially with backup quarterbacks and, and these players that stay in the league for, you know, 15, 20 years, they stay in the league for a reason. They're good teammates. They're good people to have in the locker room. 
Of course. You don't want to start, you know, look at Jadavian Clowney, for example. You know, great player, but nobody's calling his phone at the moment because he's just not worth the hassle. That's true. And then you take someone on the opposite end of the spectrum, like um, Teddy Bridgewater, who we've spoken about a hundred mm-hmm. times before. You know, He must be like the best teammate of all time because he, as soon as he, he's left the team, another team picks him up. It's it's immediate. If he's cut, like the next day, the same day, his phone's ringing. Come and join us, and because he might not be the most talented quarterback who's ever played the game, but if he's good in the locker room and has good chemistry with the people and is a good backup and he's a good veteran and he's good to have, you know, on the team, regardless of whether or not he's starting, that's what you want. You know, that that is what you want. Someone who's reliable. Um, and Harry Roseman is, is a fantastic general manager. He, you know, they drafted a center. You know, Jason Kelsey is, is no spring chicken. They drafted his replacement two years ago because he was basically on the way out. He played great. He's a great guy. They kept him along. Um, they've already got a, a replacement ready who's playing guard at the moment for them because they're just making use of him. And then this year, Jason Kelsey's like, not sure if I'm going to retire or not. Eagles are like, cool, let us know. He comes back and says, I'm going to play again. Eagles go, hey, sign the contract. Doesn't matter the money. We want you on the team. You're a great guy. You're good in the locker. You stay. You know, obviously, ultimately, it comes down to if you're a good player. uh, That certainly helps. Um, But I know from the Saints perspective, especially recently, last couple of years, they've been focusing more on the locker room and character. And that's why, like, James Winston's staying along, because he's absolutely loved in the locker room. And you need a happy locker room to win. You do. And I'm um, sort of like with, with James Winston over at the Saints there in, in backup quarterback position, he, he doesn't seem to me. I think James Winston's a, a, a very clever man. He, I think he thinks, you know what, I might be the backup for some or all of this year or maybe next year. He doesn't know. Just, but I think he is aware of his own talent, his own ability. To possibly, you know, if they need me, I'm coming in, and we are gonna, we're gonna be absolutely clicking. And he seems like a genuinely nice person, does Jameis. Um, and I don't think that Derek Carr will be worrying one bit about, you know, what they say, looking over his shoulder. James, he's not going to worry about Jameis Winston looking over his shoulder. Jameis Winston just wants to win. That's all he wants is is to win. I mean. It's in his name. Come on. It's like, um, so yeah, I know exactly where you're coming from there. And I, I, I like, I like players who are reliable. I like players who don't mind being, of course they want to be on the field. They want to be contributing, but most importantly, they want the team to win. And if someone else gives them the best shot to win, great. Because there's people in this league um, with two Super Bowl rings who've never seen a field in a competitive match. You know, and do you think they're like, ah, oh, you know, I, would, I wouldn't mind playing. Well, there's other people who played for 10 years and never even sniffed the playoffs. So, I mean, which would you rather? Let's be honest here. <laughs> just, I'm just saying. What do, I mean, what, do you, what do you think, Jake? Do you think I'm wrong? Would you? What would you rather? Well, the way I see it, and I think the best possible, I mean, a good example is Hall of Famer this year, Joe Thomas. Probably never had a winning season. Probably never even got close to a winning season. Still a Hall of Famer because... A man was damn good at his job. Oh, yeah. Was consistent, <laughs> turned up, was lovable. You know, got got his. What I tend to see now is players play. You know, for money 
of you know for certain teams and then towards the end of the season they're like right now i'm gonna go ring chasing now you know i'm, I'm in my, my 14th year ring the chiefs <laughs> ring the eagles see if they if they want me i'll go join them maybe in a, a lesser role you know I'll, I'll contribute more and and help them out rather than saying you know i need to be the guy i need to be you know yeah i need a big contract i need it all, to be all about me they go no you know what if i can you know be the the fifth you know, edge rusher for the Chiefs and, you know, get six sacks a season and, and win a Super Bowl, then happy days. I've got, you know, I've got my money from, all, you know, I've made my money. I've made my stats. Now I'm just topping it off with, a, you know, a ring. That that to me is the way, play. you know, a lot of smart players go about it. Mm-hmm. Well, you look at a, a, a perfect example of that, Reggie White. Mm-hmm. R.I.P. Reggie. Um, you know, he played all those years with the Eagles. Um, he was already on... on course to be a first ballot hall of famer he goes to green bay you know gets a ring should have got super bowl mvp reggie deserved that what do you have like three sacks in that game it's ridiculous um and you know and he gets his ring and it couldn't happen to a nicer person and you 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 get guys who as you say play all that that years and then say I, I want a ring you know guys like julio jones julio jones he went to the buccaneers it didn't work out for him um but I mean, he also went to the Titans. That was a strange move. I'm Julio. I'm leaving Atlanta. Not so sure about going to the Titans, but you know, that's that's his prerogative. So I get that. Um, talking of wide receivers, DeAndre Hopkins. Have you heard the rumors oh. about where, where D Hop might yeah. be going? I'm, I'm seeing Patriots. I'm seeing. Chiefs. I'm seeing see Chiefs. Upsetting. Yeah, uh, Brett Coleman be, tweeted that would be fun, <laughs> and I was like, "No, <laughs> if you're a Broncos fan, fan. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awful. That would be like the worst thing I can imagine is for the Chiefs to get one of. Uh, okay, he's he's been down the past couple of years, but I reckon talent wise, he's probably he's definitely definitely top ten. Definitely top ten in the league. Uh, you could argue top five, and I know he's had a couple. He's been down uh, the past past year and a bit, two years. But um, DeAndre Hopkins? Are you kidding me? Good lord, that would be awful. <laughs> that would that would be the worst thing because you're right. They were talking about the Patriots, and they said um, Bill Belichick loves DeAndre Hopkins. Has always sang his praises, and I was like. Oh, Hopkins going to the Patriots, giving Mac Jones a legitimate number one receiver. Or Billy Zappi. We're not sure yet. <laughs> uh, legitimate number one receiver in New England. And then these rumbling start about, oh, he might go to the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> the, last, the last thing Patrick Mahomes needs is DeAndre Hopkins. Um, what do you reckon, Jake? Where, where, do you, where do you think he will go? And then, where do you want him to go? Other than the Saints, obviously. Yeah, other than the Saints. Other than I the mean, Saints. His, I mean, I'd love him in Denver, but he's not coming to Denver, so. I mean, he. if I was Daniel Hopkins or his agent, I'd be going, hey, I'll take less money to go to the Chiefs. I, you know, like you say, he's, since he's left the Texans, you know, for a strange value, I went to the Cardinals, he's been suspended, oh, yeah. he's what maybe did, not been... What did he, what did he get? Like, what did they get for the Second gift? and a fifth, second. and like David Johnson or something. Did it was ridiculous. Oh, that's right. That's right, David Johnson and like a second round Yeah, and his round huge pick. contract. Um, I'm going to actually look up 
because it's annoying me now. Because this happened the same off-season as Stefan Diggs. Went mm-hmm. to Buffalo. I'm going to find out what the Stefan Diggs trade was. I've got a funny feeling. It was... Um, it's a first and a third or a first and... A blah, 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 blah. What did Buffalo give for Stefan Diggs? A first, a fifth, and a sixth, plus a fourth. So a first, a fifth, and a sixth in 2020, plus a fourth in 2021. That's what they got for Stefan Diggs. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh, um, and so they've got that for Stefan Diggs and a seventh rounder. Now, I like Stefan Diggs. I think Stefan Diggs is a great player. At the time, I would have taken DeAndre Hopkins over Stefan Diggs, and he went for like a, you know, packet of sweeties. <laughs> like, what's going on? And, that, and David Johnson's contract which was yeah. just ludicrous at the time. Um, so so who would, yeah, going back to my original question, sorry, I, I keep going off of these tangents. Back uh, to my original question, who, where do you want him to go? Uh, other than the Saints, of course. Other than the Saints. So uh, where I want him to go, then stay in the AFC. Go, go to the AFC, go back to the AFC, stay out the NFC. The NFC is uh, an absolute dumpster fire compared to the AFC. You, the, the Super Bowl is going to be one of eight good teams in the AFC versus probably like a 10 win NFC team that is going to get beat 52 to 10 uh, at the moment. It's it's looking, you know, back in the day of the pro bowl where it was NFC against AFC, I'd, I'd back the AFC by about 40 points at the moment. Um, so I would be quite happy if he disappeared off to the AFC, if it wasn't the saints, obviously of course. Um, with, with the Patriots, I think it'd be very interesting because they signed Juju uh, Smith. Schuster for three years, thirty-three million. They did, but the strange thing with that is that was the exact same contract that Jacoby Myers didn't get from the Patriots. He got from the Raiders, and he was a bit irked by that. Going, okay, that's cool. You didn't want me. Now clearly, it wasn't money because you basically mimicked my contract for someone else. So, Juju and D Hop duo that could be very interesting. It could, it could. I, um, that's right. It was the same, wasn't it? <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. I don't know about the guarantee, but it was three years, thirty-three million each. So yeah, very. I don't know I, if that was. I don't, uh, I don't blame probably J- Bill Belichick being a bit funny. Being I like, don't blame Jacoby Myers for being a bit irked about that. Yeah, when you've gone from being like their only option, and then you think, okay, well, even if they go get you know a Juju Smith-Schuster or a DeAndre Hopkins, I'll be number one, number two, you know, one A, one B. This will be great. Finally, I'm going to have some help, and they go, No, we don't want you. Is it money? No, we just. Don't want you. And it's like, oh, we'd, oh, okay, we'd so rather have the guy who does the TikTok dance. Yeah. Like, what? Like, when people say nothing personal, it's like, well, that does feel a bit personal. Oh, it's got to be. He's he, no, he's got to be raging about that. Um, I, I wouldn't mind seeing DeAndre Hopkins. Go, well, it's more a case of where I don't want him to go. I don't want him to go to the, <laughs> the do- Chiefs. The Chiefs. I'd stay out of the AFC West if it's not the Broncos. Right? Because, you know, you could just imagine him going to the Raiders or somewhere like that. I'm like, no! They've already got Devontae Adams and they've got, um, oh my God, I've already forgotten his name. Uh, Jacoby Myers. Jacoby oh, Myers. Come on. Oh, sorry. That boy, <laughs> he's taking L's here, he's taking strays. <laughs> sorry, Jacoby, if you're listening, apologies. Apologies. He isn't anymore. Yeah, he's just <laughs> switched off. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, I don't want him to go to the Chiefs. I don't want him to go to the Raiders, or obviously. Stay out of the AFC West. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing him at Baltimore. Mm-hmm. If, if, they, if they're keeping... They don't, they don't value wide receivers. They, yeah, they don't. 
They don't care about wide receivers. But can you imagine what Mark Andrews would do if they had DeAndre Hopkins to go along with the other fella as well? I mean, that would be that would be that would be quite impressive. So like the, the Bengals don't need him. The Dolphins don't need him. Uh Patriots absolutely could use him. The Bills? Ooh, that would that would be quite a potent <laughs> offense. What about the Browns? Maybe a reunion? I don't know. Would it be a reunion with Deshaun Watson? They were surely overlapped in time periods. Of course they did. Yeah, he was he was so, Deshaun's yeah, number one receiver. Um, like a reunion of I, sorts? If they... I just have a feeling that if he went to the Browns, he'd be rubbish. Because I would hope. I, that would be the one place where I'd hope he was rubbish. I, be, well, yeah, because players just tend to be rubbish when they go. I don't understand it. I don't understand it. Um, what about the Jets? What about the Jets? The Jets? Well, what isn't uh, the the mystery of the Jets this year? I believe it was after you guys finished the podcast last week. It was. That Aaron Rodgers went on Pat McAfee and said it was his intention as of last Friday, which is now two Fridays ago, um, to play for the Jets. Obviously, nothing has happened since. They're still at a stalemate. The Packers saying, we want a first, if not more. The Jets saying, we're not giving you a first. I mean, the Packers owe Aaron Rodgers nearly $60 million fully guaranteed. So the Jets can play hardball. They want, you don't need Aaron Rodgers in for, you know, at this point. You don't even need Aaron Rodgers in a training camp, really. It'd be nice, you know, getting to know the offense and the players and chemistry and all that. But it's not, you know, you're not worried if you sign Aaron Rodgers three weeks before the season, you know no. what you're getting. That's so true. they can play hardball all they want, but ultimately, I think the Packers at some point are going to have to just concede and say, "Listen, second and a fifth, or a second and a fourth, or whatever." You know what? We'll take it at this point because, and and like you say, then the only thing this is hurting the Jets, in my opinion, is you know if they're phoning DeAndre Hopkins at the moment saying, "Oh, come to us," he's going, "Yeah, have you got Aaron Rodgers yet?" No, exactly. It's a no then. Yeah, <laughs> phone me when you've got Aaron Rodgers. I wish. I wish he would just. Just do it. And he said, I want to play for the Jets. But if you want to play for the Jets, sign for the Jets. Do you know? Can't. Figure out. He's, he's contracted to the Packers. What I know what I'm saying is figure out what it is that's holding the back with the Packers, or the contractor, or the, the, the trade value, or whatever, and just do something. Sit down, have a meeting, have a talk, and just get this over with. The Green Bay Packers are killing me. Because I, I personally, I don't care about Aaron Rodgers. I don't. I already said this last year. I'm out on Aaron Rodgers. He bores me. Um, but this is just hanging a shadow over everything else that's happening in the NFL. And I said this before. He's gonna wait until drafty. They'll wait. The Packers will do that. They'll wait until drafty to to sign him over to the Jets just to overshadow someone else. It's just you're like, stop it. Enough, enough. I, I'm, I'm bored of Aaron Rodgers. Um, and and uh, don't get me wrong, incredible player. He's almost on the cusp, though. Not quite. Um, so, throughout, throughout a player's career, there are several stages, okay? The questions that you would ask that player. This is my opinion. <laughs> in, my, in my opinion, by the way. But there, there are several stages. So, the first, first question is, you know, when, when you start, you know, years one to three, say, you know, it's what can you do? You know, what 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 are you capable of? What's the, the pinnacle? That's what you want to know when you sign a rookie or even, you know, even a second or maybe a third year player. What can you do? What's the absolute pinnacle 
of durability. And then in the later years, you know, years maybe four, five, six, it's, you know, well, what are you doing now? You've, you've reached that peak. What are you doing? So it was, it was, what can you do? It's now, what are you doing? And then once you get past that year, seven, eight, nine, it's what have you done? You've, you've been in the league for seven years. What have you done for me? But once you get to year 10, 11, 12, it becomes a case of what have you done lately? You know, because it's all, it's, it's all about, it's great saying, oh, well, I won three Super Bowls. If that was in your first three years and you've done nothing since then, then that doesn't matter. Now, Aaron Rodgers isn't at that stage of what have you done lately. But it's going to get close because I know he's a great player and everyone appreciates he's a fantastic player. And, you know, he's one of the most gifted quarterbacks to have ever played the game. I get that. But the reality is he won one Super Bowl and then pretty much stunk up in the playoffs ever since. And, you know, constantly losing to teams that were inferior uh, to the Packers in almost every facet, which is just wrong. Um, now, I'm not blaming him for all of their losses. Um, Brian Bostick against Seattle. You should have let Jordy Nelson catch that one, that onside kick. But the reality is they, they settled for field goals like five times. They couldn't get in the end zone. They, they shouldn't have been in the position to have lost that come back to Seattle and and I know he's won he won uh, MVP he's just you know just one year removed from from winning MVP um but you know sorry back-to-back MVPs Uh, back-to-back MVPs yes uh Mm -hmm. but what did it lead to never you know he's not made a Super Bowl once again get into the playoffs stink it up Jimmy Garoppolo is his kryptonite. Before that, it was Colin Kaepernick. The 49ers are Aaron Rodgers' kryptonite. If he's going anywhere, he should go to San Francisco. There you go. Sorted it. <laughs> there you go. If he wants to win another Super Bowl, Aaron Rodgers should go to San Francisco. Because he can't beat that team. And knowing his luck, right? I'm just, I'm just, I don't know if this is going to happen. But knowing Aaron Rodgers' luck, he'll go with the Jets and they'll get DeAndre Hopkins and he'll go on this mad tear through the regular season and then he'll get to the Super Bowl and face Brock Purdy and the 49ers and lose. That would be hilarious. I would pay good money to see that. Anyway, I was talking for quite a while there, Jake. I apologise. Do you want to say something? I think Aaron Rodgers, as much as he is a drama queen and drags out, and this is a very Aaron Rodgers situation, Yes. ultimately it's not his his place it's not his job to sort this out it's between the Jets and the Packers the Packers are obviously playing hardball the way the Packers see it they hated well they drafted uh, Jordan Love what three four four years ago to replace Aaron Rodgers four years ago yeah yeah to replace Aaron Rodgers and you know if Aaron Rodgers starts um, you know declining because he's at that stage of his career we've got a quarterback great and then what did Aaron Rodgers do back to back MVP so they're like <laughs> oh crap um, guess we still got Aaron Rodgers and then last year was the first year where it's kind of derailed slightly and they've gone right now is our tr- chance to start afresh which is Packers have absolutely every right to do it's their decision mm-hmm. um, but when you owe a guy 60 million you've drafted a replacement you've made it very obvious that this is now Jordan Love's team why would the Jets ever go okay here's two firsts or here's a first and, you know Jets are going well you don't want him you owe him an awful lot of money and you've got his replacement we'll take him oh, will you pay this no you know, that's the best quarterback in the NFC. 
the NFC is a, a sorry state of affairs uh, when it comes to quarterbacks um, compared to the AFC. You know, Aaron Rodgers goes from the best in the NFC to almost bloody mid- middle of the pack in, in the AFC, which is a bit dramatic. But, you know, there's so much com- more competition in the AFC. Um, it is. The Jets, the Jets don't need to overpay. The Jets can wait. And if it's draft day, if it's training camp, whenever, I think the Jets, although, like I say earlier, I think it is probably hurting them, um, you know, in terms of being a good destination at the moment. Um, I think they just need to hold out and, and wait for the Packers to admit defeat. Yeah, I mean, that that contract, the, 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 the 60 million, the 60, is that what you said? Uh, 60, yes. Near 60 million fully guaranteed as far as I'm aware, still owed to him. I mean, that's a lot of money. That's an awful lot of money. And, uh, I mean, maybe the Jets are going... Um, you know, we'll take him. Or well, you know, you know, gonna give us two firsts, and they're like, "Oh, fine, we'll wait till next year, and then we'll take him." <laughs> once he's out of contract, once he's a free agent, an actual free agent, we'll take him then. But I don't know. I don't know how many years he actually has on that contract. I was trying to find it then. I can't find it. Um, when his contract actually expires, it's not. It would be this year, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. I think it's one one year left. One year left, yeah. So, I mean, um, Aaron Rodgers, if he really wanted to be Aaron Rodgers, could say, trade me or release me, um, or I'm going to retire, or I'll just sit here for a year. Um, because, like I say, if it is up at the end of this year, they're going to have to pay him $60 million, which, of course, they don't want to do, to not play. And then the Jets could get him for free. So, they, in my opinion, the theory that the Packers, you know, owe, you know, have the contract and therefore own Aaron Rodgers at the moment, and therefore they hold the power, is, is, is not to me. When you come out and say we're moving on to Jordan Love, then you've made that decision. You've told Aaron Rodgers, "Listen, we're sick of your drama. We're mm-hmm. sick of you. We're moving on." Aaron Rodgers, you know, will milk it and be like, "Oh, I deserve more respect." Blah blah. But end of the day, if you tell a player you're moving on, move on. That's you can't very true. Have it both ways. You can't. You can't say we're moving on when someone gives us what we want. It's like no, no. If if you've got a used car and you're selling it for for ten grand, and someone offers you seven grand, and nobody else is offering anything. You might want to take the seven grand. Definitely. Or you and, just and have it's, a rusty car. <laughs> and it's not fair to Jordan Love. It's not no. fair on him at all. This this boy has been waiting for his turn. Just like Aiden Rodgers did. He waited what three years? He waited until he got his turn. And Jordan Love has sat for three years, and this will be four years and um to, to, to get his turn and come in and do his thing. But we can't talk about the Packers all day. Uh, and Aaron Rodgers all day because as I've already said I'm bored with Aaron Rodgers anyway <laughs> so we're going to introduce uh, a segment we haven't had in quite some time Jake everybody's you know. favourite making a comeback <laughs> everybody's favourite segment Jake's hot takes Jake's hot takes yes Jake's hot takes is back so Jake go for it take it away my friend yeah it's been a while since we had a bit of passion a bit of hot takeness um, and it's really talking, congratulating Laramie Tunsil, um, who represents himself, uh, a great left tackle, but an even better businessman. Um, but also looking at agents, agents, uh, player agents, you know, man- you know, managers in all sports, really, really suck. They are <laughs> taking all my my fun and enjoyment out of you know 
soccer or, or, or football here and even in American football as well you notice a massive decline in loyalty yeah. um, players staying with teams because agents get agent fees and it's better for business if you, you move for left right and centre you get new contracts because they get more fees um, there's obviously been a lot of drama the last couple of years especially this year with Lamar Jackson and his agent basically being his mum and him not having an agent you know these big super agents Yeah. Uh, well Laramie Tunsil Technically, he doesn't have an agent. He represented himself in, you know, quotation marks, because there was a bit of drama in terms of some lawyer who the NFL PA don't recognize as an agent. Um, I think his name's like say Omni or something. Basically, the, the NFL PA and the NFL came out and said, you cannot deal with this person. This person's not an agent. Um, the reason this came up was Roquan Smith, when he was going through his drama with yeah. Chicago Bears, was yep. representing himself. But the Chicago Bears got an email from Rokon Smith whilst he was on the practice field and going, hold on, um, you're outside of practicing. How have you just sent us an email? Oh, <laughs> it's it's not you. You might yeah. have your name on the email address, but someone else is clearly pulling the strings. You'd think um, Rokon Smith would have spoken to his person doing his emails and said, listen, I'm in practice <laughs> I'm working. From, you know, from three till five. Uh, so don't be sad. Give me at least five minutes to get cleaned up and then, then we'll send it. That's that's just bad communication. Yeah, so there was a bit of drama. That's where it kind of all started with this lawyer, um, with him playing up pulling the strings and helping. But Laramie Tunsil, you know, circling back to how fantastic of a businessman he is, or maybe you know, how good this lawyer may be. Um, in 2020, Laramie Tunsil signed a three-year, 66 million, 50 of that guaranteed deal. Nice three-year contract. In 2023. He signed another three-year deal, seventy-five million this time, another fifty million guaranteed, so hundred mil guaranteed in the last three years, um, and he'll be a free agent again at just thirty years old. So showing that you don't need these super agents or you know be a part of this production team, um, and again, another thing that we were talking about, showing that these shorter contracts with guarantees are really best for the business in terms of for players. Oh, I mean, yeah. we mentioned it at the time. Patrick Mahomes signed a 10-year, half a billion pound contract, and everyone's like, wow, half a billion, that's insane. And we said straight away, that's a great business for the Chiefs. <laughs> and already it looks like great business for the Chiefs because yeah. 10 years is an awful long time. It is. I mean, yeah, within one year, within one year, that's proved to be team-friendly. Absolutely. I think we'd said, oh, you know, in two or three years, this is going to look great for the Chiefs. It took one year. Um, so, yeah, because people were talking about Lamar Jackson. Um, and you're right. And they'd said, oh, well, his, one, of, one of his main problems is that he's, he doesn't have an agent. He's representing himself. Um, so maybe he doesn't have someone sort of, you know, advising him with, uh, you know, these contracts and what to take and what to turn down and stuff like that. Laramie Tunsil, I think you're absolutely right. He's just proved that's nonsense. Um, because he's what? So his last two contracts, he's had over a hundred million guaranteed in six years. Yep, three-year contracts, fifty million guaranteed each time. Obviously, a bit more this time in terms of the overall. But the salary cap is going up, especially post-COVID. The salary cap is going up more and more each year. Patrick Mahomes is being ripped off at the moment. You know, if he doesn't sign a new contract in the next year or two, he's an idiot. He should be. <laughs> I mean, true, but maybe he's not. Maybe he's not. Maybe he's not an idiot. Maybe he's a genius because they're winning. Um, See, back, you know, if we really want to circle back to 
Aaron Rodgers, how Aaron Rodgers could have won more Super Bowls is be more like Tom Brady. Don't take as much money. Help your team. And maybe that's what Patrick Mahomes is doing, saying, hey, I'll stay with my $50 million a year. I'm okay with that. Go get me, DeAndre Hopkins. See, that's the thing. So on our YouTube channel, because we have a YouTube channel, for anyone who's not uh, checked us out on YouTube yet, we do have one. And uh, our, you know, what was it, our third video, I think it was? Uh, fourth video, sorry. Patrick Mahomes is not stupid. That's what it was called. Uh, and because of this very reason that you're talking about, maybe he's just like, do you know what? Yeah, I can get another 100 million over the course of the next 10 years than the, the 500 million that I'm getting. Or the team can use 100 million to, I don't know, I'm not going to say sign DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> no, no, not DeAndre Hopkins. But, you know, to, to build a team around them. Mahomes is so good, he can elevate this team. You know, I mean, they don't they don't even have, a, like, a running back. I, I, of course they have running backs. That, but, like, Isaiah Pacheco was a leading rusher. Sixth round pick or whatever he was. You know, they, they don't care about things like that. They've got Mahomes. Everything else. They just let Juju Smith-Schuster walk out to do it. Because they don't, they do not care about things like that. They know that the, the money that they'll have saved on Judy Smith-Schuster's contract will go to somebody else. And the money that they're saving every year from Patrick Mahomes' contract can go to someone else. So, yeah. Um, but Laramie Tunsil, so that's a lot of money. A lot of money. I mean, he's had a busy old career as, as Laramie Tunsil. So was going to be the number one pick or one of the very top picks. Obviously, had the, the video of him with the gas mask. Uh, dropped all the way <laughs> to Miami, was it? Um, um, then Texans traded for him from Miami with two first-round picks and a, a haul. Oh, yeah. Um, but that, he's that certainly... The, the, the Laramie Tunzel trade, as it was called. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So he's he's had a busy old career, but he his, his on-the-field play has been fantastic. That's never been in question. Nope. And getting these contracts, you know, going from a, a first-round rookie deal... Uh, which is always quite nice to a three-year fifty million. That's a good good start, and then another three-year fifty million. He's going to be back on the market at thirty years old. I mean, if he's still playing at the level he is, and, and probably will be, he'll command another big contract. And like we said there, the salary cap will go up, so he'll get even more money. I mean, well, yeah, he's going to have a, a very fruitful retirement. His old Laramie. He's one of the best players at one of the most important positions in the entire league. So. I mean, he can he can command what he wants, and so he should. Good for you, Laramie. Good for you. If you're listening, good Laramie, for good for you. There we go. That was Jake's hot take on that one. Uh, thank you very much, Jake. No problem. Happy to bring a bit of passion. So sticking with the offensive line, men, Jake. Um, there's been a couple other moves around the league, hasn't there? Yes, there's uh, been a couple of moves, and there's a, a move kind of pending, seemingly. Um, Kind of the first part of the the story is Orlando Brown um, signing with the Bengals, which yep. is great for for Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Um, he turned down a six year, one hundred thirty nine million deal with the Chiefs last off season, um, would have made him the highest paid left tackle in NFL history, mm-hmm. um, and he's just now signed a four year contract worth seventy five million um, with the Bengals, or seventy five million less. Um, with the Bengals, so it works out sixteen million a year. I mean, still, he's not crying himself to sleep, but uh, and it is a shorter contract, so maybe that works out better for him. Um, I, I I'll, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't understand that 
because um, I, I, I have no issues with someone not being greedy. As I've said a hundred times, I hate greedy players. Um, but it's not like he was on a really bad team and then took a pay cut to go and play with a really good team because he was on a really good team. The team. <laughs> on, you know, he's got a Super Bowl ring. I, I'm, just, I'm just saying, why would you leave? Why, would you know, we don't know. We don't know. It's pure speculation here. Um, but I wonder why he would leave the Chiefs to go to the Bengals. That's how if memory serves, I think he was under the franchise tag once or twice, and there was like always a bit of back and forth. Mm. It never seemed to really settle with the Chiefs, and there was rumours that they wanted him to move to right tackle. I think for him, um, maybe financially, um, not the best decision, um, judging by previous reportings, but four years, 64 million, 31 sign-in bonus. Certainly nothing yes, to, so. to snooze at. And he's going to another team, you know, another contender. It's not like he's going uh, from the Chiefs to, yeah. don't want to yeah. upset anyone, um, the, the, the Raiders. The Texans, um, yeah, I know. I know going, what you mean. He's not going to a, a basement dweller. We 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 know that he's going to one of the favourites for the the AFC and by proxy the Super Bowl itself. Um, but it's just, yeah, we, we don't know why. I suppose I, I just I, it's it's a strange move to me. <laughs> it's just like the opposite of what most players would do. Yeah, I mean, it's a, absolutely fantastic for for Joe Burrow. He's he's delighted with this. Um, Orlando Brown still gets, you know, a lot of money. He's a free agent again in four years, so maybe it works out for him. Not good news for Jonah Williams, who was the starting left tackle for the Bengals. Um, he has since um, gone to the Bengals and said he wants to be traded, and the Bengals probably like, yeah, no duh. Uh, <laughs> we just signed your replacement whilst you're still on the team. Um, the only problem being is I don't know what they can really get for Jonah Williams because he's a okay left tackle. Um, obviously part of the Bengals offensive line that was an absolute travesty um, before last year. Yeah. Which isn't a great look when you're a left tackle. You know, I don't think anyone's going, oh, I really want to get Jonah Williams. I'm sure he will get traded. He may get a chance to start at left tackle. Um, we'll certainly see. Um, but yeah, rough news for you when you, you know, starting left tackle for a very good franchise going in the right direction. You probably went into the off season feeling pretty good. And then you find out they've just signed Orlando Brown. You're like, oh, what does that mean for me? <laughs> it's, it's pretty rough. That, that's got to be rough on the guy, you know? Um, yeah, I mean, this, offensive linemen are worth so much money um, because they're so important. We've uh, Countless times we've gone over the importance of a good offensive line. We all know this. Um, you look at some of the players who still in free agency. Now, uh, one of the one of the Broncos' own players, Dalton Reisner, is a free mm -hmm. agent. Um, I, hate, I, I hate that. I hate that. There's rumours about Seattle. I hate that even more um, because he's a fantastic... Yeah, I was loving picking up from Denver. Oh, if, if they get him, they will have our entire draft class from 2020. Drew Locke, Noah Fant, and Dalton Reisner. That's just... That's wrong. Stop feeding the Seahawks. Anyway, uh, he he's good. Someone will pick him up. He's a free agent. Isaiah Wynn is, is a free agent as well. Isaiah Wynn. Another one. Yeah. Uh, um, Donovan Smith, although obviously a bit more on the, the older age. But we know from watching the NFL that there are many teams who could really use some 
talent in the offensive line. Loads of them. So it's just it's it's weird when you see some really top notch players, uh, offensive line players, as free agents, and no one's picking them up. I mean, we've seen it used to be, you know, left tackle got all the money, then your quarterback. But yeah. we've seen this year, especially I think in free agency, a lot of guards getting paid, mm-hmm. even right tackles um, getting a lot of big money. I mean, uh, Mike McGlinchey to the Broncos, huge money. Um, yeah. That's a big one. And that's for a right tackle. I mean, it's an awful lot of money. It's, it's great, helps your team. But it's just kind of a very, you know, with the salary cap, keep on going up and up and up. Most positions, sorry, running back, uh, most positions are uh, increasing in value, especially the offensive line. And I think the Bengals are part of the reason because everybody knows how good, uh, you know, Chase and Burrow and the Bengals were. Yeah. But they couldn't do anything when their offensive lineman was, you know, a turnstile. So exactly, pay, pay your pay your guards and your tackles, and you know, any quarterback all of a sudden becomes a lot better when they've got you know more than three seconds to throw a ball. Of course, because I mean, you know, you mentioned McGlinchey to the Broncos. The Broncos had a horrendous offensive line last year. It was it was constantly in rotation, constant injuries. Garrett Bowles was out for the year. Um, Graham Glasgow was injured on and off, and uh, Dalton Reisner was injured on and off, and Cushenberry and Miners, it just did never gelled. You could have had prime Dan Marino throwing to prime Jerry Rice in that offense, and it would have still stunk because they could get nothing done. Absolutely nothing done because the offensive line was so terrible. Uh, and, and as you quite rightly said there, the Bengals have really shown the difference. A good offensive line makes a bad offensive line. Um, when they had good offensive line play, they got to the Super Bowl. I mean, that's, that's weird. literally the only difference was the offensive line play. It's something that, as a Denver fan, you should be quite looking forward to a better offensive line because it's something that Sean Payton has always valued, especially guards who and centers, centers. Yeah, don't get me started. Uh, but <laughs> guards and centers, you know, never used to get paid or valued. Um, mm-hmm. But the Saints always tended to have great centers and great guards because Sean Payton knew the importance of them. Of course. And the, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, statistically the greatest quarterback, Tom Brady, loves guards because what quarterback wants to see 300-pound men coming through the you know the middle of their offensive linemen coming at them? That, 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 Nobody. No, thank you. Nobody. No, no quarterback likes to see <laughs> defense, you know, Aidan Donald steaming at you at full speed, unblocked. I'm <laughs> like, I didn't sign up for this. Uh, you know, yeah, absolutely. Having having good uh, in, interior offensive line, because you're right, tackles get all the love, particularly left tackle, because most quarterbacks are right-handed. We understand that. Tackles get all the love. But the guards in the centers are really important, as we have seen so many times. If you can't block those defensive tackles and blitzing linebackers or whoever, you know, coming up the middle there, it ain't going to work. So, yes, big love to the offensive linemen. I'd love to know, back in the day, running backs got paid a lot of money and most of the offensive line didn't. So... It was up to the running back to get Christmas presents for the offensive line and take them out for dinner. You know, keep That's them sweet because right, yes. they're opening holes. You know, they're opening holes and and blocking for you. You've got to keep them sweet. What what happens now? Because the running backs are so underpaid and the offensive <coughs> line are so overpaid. So yeah. the running backs going. Listen, I really want to thank you for blocking me. Uh, you know, blocking for me and, and creating these holes and and making me. You know, 
thousand yards, thousand five hundred yard rusher. Can I offer you an a hand trick? Because that's all I've got to offer these days. You know, running backs aren't getting paid. You no, know, premier I mean, money. Austin Eckler uh, is a perfect example of this. He scored eighteen touchdowns last year, twenty the year before. He's led the league in touchdowns the last two years, thirty-eight. He's like twelve ahead of the nearest next player over the past two seasons, um, and he can't get the contract that he wants from mm-hmm. from, the, from the Chargers. Oh, yeah, the Chargers are going. We like you, just not that much. And you're thinking, well, hang on a second. They they're paying wide receivers. They're paying quarterbacks. They're paying offensive linemen. They're paying tight ends. My goodness, look at some of the contracts tight ends are getting. You're telling me the guy who leads the league in touchdowns two years in a row can't get a contract? But do you think this is because of recent history? Do you think it's things like Zeke's contract or the, the, the James Conner contract? Gurley. Todd Gurley contract. Le'Veon Bell ruined it for everybody by going, Le'Veon Bell's like, you know what, running backs, I'm going to sort this for us. I'm going to sit out a year. They're going to realise how much they need me. Idiot. And then they're going to pay me. And then the Steelers went, hey, James Gunner, you run the ball. And they, he ran the ball really well. And they went, see, we don't need to pay you Le'Veon. He was, he was went, just ah. as effective. Do you know, see when, yep. you, see when you think back, right? That Steelers team had, at, at the time, the best running back in the NFL. And they, well, you know, statistically. Best running mm-hmm. back in the NFL, Levin Bell, and the best wide receiver in the NFL, in Antonio Brown. With Juju as well. <laughs> I mean, what happened in Pittsburgh? Good Lord. That that team just fell apart. It totally Everybody fell apart. Everybody started leaving. They, they imploded. I mean, the, look at some of the characters on that team. Yeah, and uh, you're absolutely right. Levin Bell um, just... Uh, he, he literally just crippled his own career and then he goes to the Jets who had one of the worst offensive lines in the league at the time and he couldn't do anything not even three yards of carry it was just you're like what are you doing and, and I understand I think it's a, a, a combination of like we said Le- Le'Veon Bell um, Todd Gurley who's the other one uh, Zeke you mentioned Zeke I think it's a combination of those contracts and then also Kyle Shanahan going Get me that guy from row B. He's going to go run 100 yards this week. You know, a combination of <laughs> bad contracts and then Kyle Shanahan using literally anybody who had, you know, a sub 4-6-40 going, yep, I can get yeah, that to work. There was that, in fact, was that around what, three years ago now? I forget when Matt yeah, Breida. Three, four years, yeah, Matt Breida literally just kind of walks in and rushes for 200 yards. And you're like, where did he come from? And then, and then some, and I think he he was injured, and someone else came in and rushed for two hundred yards. Or he must and, and rushes for two hundred yards. You're going, hang on a second. Uh, yes, maybe it is. Kyle Shanahan still got the book his dad gave him, and he's like, yeah, this is this is going to work. Trust me, because it worked um, all through the late nineties in Denver. They were literally just sticking anyone in, and they were getting fifteen hundred yards and ten touchdowns. Like easy every single year, it was just ridiculous. So Kyle's like, "Yeah, I've, I've got the book. I know the formula. Just pick that guy. <laughs> He'll do." It also appears to be working with quarterbacks now. I don't know how he did that. Yeah. So um, I'm I'm really excited, really excited to see the 49ers. 
really I'm excited, excited to see what happens with the fight ends. Yeah, because um, I actually want to get your take on it because I've not had your your take on San Francisco yet. So next season, we've got um, Brock Purdy's not going to start the season. We know this. He's out injured. Mm-hmm. Um, Trey Lance, I don't think is going to be ready either for the start of the season. He might be. I think there's rumours that he might be. Oh, no, sorry. Uh, he's not going to be ready for the start of training camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, he might be ready for the start of the season. And then you've got um, the, the guy they literally just signed. Oh, my word. Sam Darnold. Thank you. Sorry, Sam, if you're watching. Uh, Sam Darnold. He's used to it. Who... <laughs> He is, unfortunately. Uh, so Sam Darnold, who is now, if he is the starter, if he starts week one, um, is going to look better than he's ever looked in his entire career. We know this because we've seen this from the 49ers. Kyle Shanahan will have a system that no matter who the quarterback is, they're going to win games. It's going to work. Um, it took a while for it to get going, but now it's going. And I have no doubt that if... Darnell goes down and Lance isn't ready and we know Purdy's not ready. Let's see, first half of week one, he will put somebody in and they will win that game. And the quarterback will look competent because they've still got Christian McCaffrey. They've still got Debo Samuel. They've still got George Kittle. They've still got a good offensive line. They've still got that playbook. It really won't matter too much. I, I, I love it. I can't wait. So what do you think is going to happen at the beginning of the season? Do you think if Lance is healthy, he starts? Or do you think uh, it'll just depend on preseason? Or do you think the role with Darnold at the beginning, maybe not wanting to rush Lance back? What's your, what are your thoughts on that? I think it really will be training camp. You know, Sam Darnold will most likely get the first team reps uh, whilst they work Lance in. Uh, the 49ers will be one of the most important teams uh, and one of the only f- teams I actually care about preseason games um, because that will tell us a lot. You know, if, if Trey Lance is getting reps, even if they just really ease them in, you know, one quarter in the first game, maybe a half in the second game, and then in the third game, let's see, you know, let's start him and then, you know, see how we get on. If he's good to go, I don't think there's a question that he starts. Um, it's certainly the most interesting preseason on paper. Yeah. But I, like you say, with Sam Donald starts because Trey Lance isn't ready and Brock Purdy, like I say, probably won't be ready till midway through the season. They've got a great offensive line. They've got an Im- incredible defensive line, you know, added on. Oh, yeah. I, did, I didn't even mention the defense, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I got, forgot about you know, the best defense in the NFL or the second best defense in the NFL. I forgot about them. Yeah. They've got Bosa. They've now got uh, the Gravedigger, yeah. uh, Javon Hargrave. I mean, they're, they're stacked. Let's say they're, they're winning football. They know how to win games. It might not be pretty, especially if you've got Sam Donald as your starting quarterback, but they won't, you know, say it's week four, week five by the time they get Purdy or Lansing. They're not going to be 0 and 4, 0 and 3. They might be 2 and 2, but they will not be out of it and they will just continue to fight. But like I say, I think we both agree that it's certainly an interesting team. To watch going forward and hopefully uh, an interesting training camp because the off-season could be long and tedious so I'm hoping that the 49ers make it interesting So just before we come to our last segment uh, Jake, before we go on to random stats um, 
Do you want to give us a quick fire rundown of anything that's happened around the league today, uh, just before we come off here? Because I always miss things. Do you know, every, it seems like every episode, we finish off the episode, do random stats, and then I look at my phone and go, somebody signed someone. <laughs> I could have said that on the podcast. So uh, is there anything else that we need to talk about? I mean, like you say, DeAndre Hopkins probably gets traded in two hours' time. Yeah. Um, but we'll go through a, a quick rundown of some of the moves that have happened um, so far this week. A um, couple of tight ends moving. OJ Howard to the Raiders, kind mm-hmm. of replacing Darren Waller. Um, Mike Gesicki moving from the Dolphins to the Patriots, staying in the, the AFC East. That's an interesting one. Um, a very interesting yeah. one. He um, wasn't really utilized in this new Dolphins offense will certainly want to be more helpful in the Patriots. Uh, Darius Slayton stays with the Giants. He got a two-year, $12 million base contract, maximum of 16.5. Um, Baker Mayfield, uh, we kind of touched on that, mentioned it, one year, $8.5 million to the books, which I think yeah. is incredible value when your only other quarterback was Cal Trask. Um, you've now got a, a, a good, reliable starter, or at least a really good backup for eight and a half million. You can't really complain with that. No, true. Um, the the Texans making good decisions. Um, like, Sheldon Rankins and on. Dalton Schultz. <laughs> I mean, steady on what? In, I know it's that should have been your hot take. What are you <laughs> that should absolutely um, yeah. have been your hot take. What? Good lord! Sheldon Rankins and Dalton Schultz both on really good. You know. Not, you know, you think of the Texans bringing in good free agents, they're going to have to massively overpay. I, I wouldn't say they did for either of them. Oh, a rat rag's a good, good, good player. Good player. Yeah, former yeah. Saint, former Jet. Um, and mm. you can tell he's a good player when Jet fans or Saints fans, you know, whoever the player leaves are, are upset that he's leaving. Um, yes. That's normally a good sign you've signed a good player. The a big one that I saw, well, not big in terms of money, but an interesting one, Byron Murphy, uh, two-year, $22 million with the Vikings. Um, you know, he kind of lit up the combine, went a bit quiet, was at the Cardinals, I believe, last, but um, signing with the Vikings. Uh, Jamal Williams to the Saints, I think I've touched on three years, 12 million, eight guaranteed. I mean, absolute bargain, classic running back prices. Yeah. Uh, and then a bit of love for not the West Niles, but the United Kingdom, FA Obada, uh, signed with the Commanders, one year, up to three million. So nice FA one. is sticking about. Good for him. Good for him. So that, yeah, that's just some some of the moves. I'm sure we didn't cover everything. Um, and I'm sure, like you say, in the next couple of hours, there'll be some huge news that uh, we'll have to remember for next week. Oh, guarantee. Like, we'll, we'll come off the air and Bill Belichick will retire and uh, Aaron Rodgers will sign with the 49ers, like I said. And then uh, DeAndre Hopkins will go to the Chiefs. Um, and then... It's it's just gonna all it always kicks off as soon as we finish. It's like within within minutes. Ah, big news, breaking news in the NFL. Like, ah, but see, we we can't really record this podcast at four in the morning um, because <laughs> we have lives. We can't go by USA time. Not yet. Not yet, Jake. Maybe maybe, maybe if uh, we didn't have other jobs to do, we could actually set our clocks to Eastern time and go by that. I don't know. Uh, but until then, we can't. Sorry. So what we're going to do is we're going to come to our final segment. And it is, of course, as ever, Random Stats. Random Stats. So, Jake, 
Jake. Would you like to give us your random stat? Yeah, people probably realizing that we've missed uh, or missed uh, one of the one of the news, one of the trades um, from this week, and that is for reason. Uh, my random stats is that Brandon Cooks ties Eric Dixon for the all-time NFL trade record, and again, I would put that an asterisk next to it, and I'll tell you why later on. But he's been traded four times. Uh, he was traded from the Saints to the Patriots in 2017 uh, for a first-round pick that turned into Ryan Ramchick, a fantastic defensive lineman. Yes. And a third-round pick, which was Trey Hendrickson, a fantastic defensive lineman. So the Saints put... Uh, that was the 2017 draft from the Saints, which was an all-timer, in my yeah. opinion, if you look at it. Uh, only a year later, the Patriots then traded him to the Rams. They got a first-round back. Uh, that was Isaiah Wynn, who we just mentioned, is still um, a free agent. And a sixth-round Keon Crossan. Sadly, not living up to the names as the, as the three before him. Uh, then he was traded again. For, this is number three now uh, in 2020. So he stuck with the Rams for two years. Uh, traded to the Texans for a second-round pick that turned into Van Jefferson. A very nice. good player for nice. the Rams, uh, you know. And then 2023, just this week, traded from the Texans to the Cowboys for a fifth-round pick and a sixth-round pick. So we don't know who they are as of yet. But, you know, if you're f the Texans, you've got a pretty good feeling that one of them's going to turn out okay, judging off uh, Brandon Cook's recent history in terms of players he's been involved in. Um, it's like, we need, so we need someone in the draft. Sign Brandon Cook. Yeah, we need a late round pick. And then trade him. <laughs> Trade cooks away, we're bound to hit. Um, but the reason I say, you know, it's an asterisk in it to the four times, I'd argue he's been traded five times. In the 2014 draft, mm -hmm. the Saints traded the number 27th pick and the number 91 pick, which is a third rounder, to the Cardinals for the number 20 pick, which turned into Brandon Cooks. And for those interested, the Cardinals picked... Dion Buchanan, the safety at 27, mm -hmm. and John Smokey Brown in the third round with a 91st pick. Wow. So, some interesting players and some interesting names that have been intertwined with and, Brandon Cooks and his trade debacles. And, and Brandon Cooks is a good player. It, a very, it, very good player. It's not like. Um, because I, 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 I know I, I mentioned before, I, when, you, when you said he was the. the tied for the most trades i was thinking surely josh johnson he's played for 29 teams or something like that he's not been traded for all those you know teams he's been released by team and you know signed by another team released by them seven but cooks has held his value and you know teams keep wanting him and trading picks for him so that's pretty good it's a pretty good value for cooks there yeah i mean the cowboys in a weird way, they obviously traded away Amari um, Cooper for a bag of chips. And <laughs> yes, everyone was very confused why they did that. Um, oh. Now they're trading for Brandon Cooks and giving away very little. Um, Texans are even paying about a third of the contract. I think they're paying $6 million. Um, so Brandon Cooks now playing with CeeDee Lamb, uh, Michael Gallup. It's great for the Cowboys. It is. The Texans get some value. Um, they get rid of you know a big contract. 
not you know they they had three years they, three years out of uh, Brandon Cox is pretty impressive. I mean, Saints got three, the Patriots got one, but they pretty much got the, all their trade value back. Rams got two years and a second, so he's he's stuck around in some places. But like I say, he's always held his values. Always seems to get a thousand yards um, receiving. No matter who his quarterback is, he always manages to provide, and I, I don't expect him to not provide this year. I think Dak Prescott would be quite happy to have another wide receiver. <laughs> Why not? That's a good start. I like that. Brandon Cooks. Uh, yeah. So, so he was a Saint, and then he was a Ram, and then nope. he was a- Saints, then Patriots. Sorry, Saints, Patriots, Rams, Rams, Texans, Texans, Cowboys. So yeah, wow. he was in, in the Saints in their Super Bowl kind of run or Super Bowl kind of window. I went to the Patriots, who obviously were always interested in Super Bowls at that time. Went to the Rams, who were interested in Super Bowls, and then kind of went to the Texans. That's when he kind of gave up, I think. <laughs> he but just, now he's gone to the Cowboys, so he's, <laughs> he's hoping maybe, especially in the NFC, that hey, he could be back interested. It'd be impressive if, I don't know, if he does have a ring, maybe he does with the, the Patriots, but he might be very unfortunate not to have a ring with the teams he's been on. Uh, that's true enough. It's just when when you said he was he was sick of winning teams going to the Texans and then going to the Cowboys, I was like, well, yes, I suppose. I mean, have you seen the state of the NFC? Uh, I have, I have. I don't, and I don't think there's, there's much chance of a, a Lombardi coming to the NFC anytime soon. Oh, you know, Eagles are a very good team. They're a very good team. Give them that. Uh, okay, so my random stat also concerns wide receivers, and uh, I'm going to start it with a question for you, Jake. Okay. Uh, which I know you're going to know the answer to, but I'm going to ask the question anyway. Do oh, you yes, I'll know, certainly know it. You, you will know it. Do you know the name of the person who has the most catches in an NFL season? Who holds the record for the most receptions in an NFL season? Who do you think? Most catches in an NFL season? It mm-hmm. was Michael Thomas. Is it not now Cooper Cup? No, it's still Michael Thomas. Uh, oh, Michael Cooper Cup had uh, more because of the postseason as well. Uh, added ah. in the course. But in, in the course of, of a season, in 2019, Michael Thomas had a 149 receptions, which broke the record, which I believe at the time was held by a Marvin Harrison, who had mm-hmm. 143, I think I was, I'm going to double check that actually. Uh, yeah, he had 143. So uh, in 2019, Michael Thomas had 149 catches. In 2021, Cooper covered 145. In 2022, Justin Jefferson led the league with 128 um, catches. So it got me thinking. When's the last time somebody led the league in receptions and didn't crack a hundred? Now, don't worry, I'm I'm not asking you that question. This is going to be my <laughs> random stat. Because you're like, oh, I know that one. Um, it was 1998, and it was a person by the name of O.J. McDuffie who played for the Miami Dolphins, and he had 90 receptions. And that led the league. And he was the first player to, and since the only player to lead the league under 100 receptions since 1989 when Sterling Sharp had 90 as well. So 1998 was the year of the 15-1 Minnesota Vikings. Hmm. That was Randy Moss and Chris Carter seemingly catching 500 passes each. 
you also had uh, the Denver Broncos with uh, Rod Smith and, Chris, and uh, Christian McCaffrey. His dad, Ed McCaffrey, and Shannon Sharp seemingly catches 20 balls a game. But the person who led the league was O.J. McDuffie of the Miami Dolphins. 90 receptions in 1998, and that is the last time a person has led the league in receptions and not cracked 100. And that is my random stat. One that will probably. Um, uh, in I, fact, I will. I will guarantee a random stat that won't be broken because there's extra games now, and everybody's throwing for five thousand yards. There's not a chance that nobody uh, doesn't crack a hundred receptions. All the wide receivers will be throwing their handbags out if they don't get a hundred receptions. Of course they would. Uh, now we actually have a bonus random stat because Dave sent me a random stat. He okay, said, he mailed said, it in. Oh, yeah, he did. He literally says, "Can, can you?" You know, do you want a bonus random stat? And I, I love random stats. So I was always, like, of course, always. of course. Uh, and particularly when it involves um, my team, if it, also, if it also involves Dave's team. So I see why he did that. He, he suckered <laughs> me in. He suckered me in. And I was like, oh, yeah, I've got to do this one. So um, as player concerned, and this random stat is a punter, uh, drafted in the seventh round, 228th overall of 2016, um, to the Denver Broncos to replace uh, repra- replace Britton Colquitt, who was the punter for the Broncos at the time. In December 2016, he threw a 16-yard pass to Cody Latimer on a fake punt, becoming only the second punter in Broncos history to complete a pass. The last one was Chris Normal, who threw a 43-yard touchdown in 1986 against the Chiefs. I can't believe Dave actually researched this much. <laughs> he must have done. Anyway, um... This also gave him a quarterback rating of 118.8. He was named an All-Pro rookie, um, the first Bronco to be named an All-Pro rookie since Chris Harris Jr. and Von Miller in 2011. Um, He punted 89 times for a 41.3 net average, which is the highest by a rookie in NFL history. And last season with the Rams, he averaged a career-high 48.4 yards per punt had a quarterback record of 2 out of 2 for 18 yards, giving him a rating of 104.2. In his seven years in the league, he's been the highest-rated quarterback, two of them. And his name is Riley Dixon, who has just been traded again from the Rams back to the Denver Broncos. And I, for one, could not be happier that we are getting Riley Dixon back because the Broncos special teams over the past few years has been appalling. And God love the punters, but Broncos always had punters who were incapable of punting more than 40 yards at Mile High Stadium, while every opponent was banging them 65 yards, and I could never, ever understand it. But we've got Riley Dixon back, so I, for one, am delighted. That is Dave's random stat. Basically, the entire career of Riley Dixon, so pretty good. I mean, yeah, it was fantastic for the Broncos, Mm -hmm. traded to the Giants, was fantastic for them, Mm -hmm. went to the Rams, Mm -hmm. and now back back home with Denver and you think, like you say, mile high, you think it would work to punters' advantage. Um, seemingly so. not always, but Riley Dixon will hopefully restore some honour to, to the special teams of the Denver Broncos. It always works for the punters' advantage for the opponents. <laughs> I never understand. They're able to bang 70-yard punts, but for some reason the Broncos punters can't, and I'm like, what's wrong with you? Why can you not punt at mile high? Even I could probably kick one, no, well, 10 yards. If you get a good bounce, you never know. Maybe 15 if I get a good bounce. Yeah. 
questions have got to be asked of Riley Dixon with that quarterback rating. Why yeah. didn't he go to the, the 49ers? They could have <laughs> rolled him out. You know, if, if Sam Donald went down, Riley Dixon could have been the answer. It could have been. And then you got you've got someone who like you've got a, a good punter, a solid punter, and a quarterback. I mean, that's saving tons of cash. Loads of cash and a roster spot. Receives a roster. I mean, they always say, you know, after we saw Justin Reed uh, take kickoffs for the Chiefs, why not, you know, why have kickers? Um, you know, let safeties or whoever do the kickoffs for you. Absolutely. I have quarterbacks. Let the, let the punters do it for you. Yeah, because I mean, if you've got if you've got um, safeties and defensive backs kicking off, you've got a, an extra cover man that you didn't have before. That that's what you want. It it makes perfect sense. Teach your safeties to do kickoffs. They only need to kick field goals. Just kickoffs. That's it perfect so there we go jake and that wraps up another episode of the win fl show did you enjoy yourself this week absolutely my, my job was to bring passion with a hot take and maybe shorter episode um i always tend to, to bring down the the talk time i don't know if, it, if i should take that personally it's or no take that it's, as, a, as a good job it, it's it's not uh it's not a bad thing jake although you know some people might disagree uh, Dave might um, <laughs> but no no it's it's not a bad thing at all um, so thank you very much Jake it's always a pleasure to have you here um, we will be getting more of uh, Jake in the future and of course uh, Jake's hot takes getting those segments right back in again uh, pretty much weekly as long as we have news we can get a hot take and that's the most important thing not a uh, some people have actually mentioned I haven't forgotten about Ewan McPhail's draft day fails I've just not done it yet <laughs> that's all well, we're still in we're still in free agency still you know, in free agency last that, week yeah and this week has been a lot of free agency we it will start quieting down now it already is yeah. starting to quiet down and we will start to look more at the draft mm. and obviously get our good friend Ewan to help us out it, absolutely and I, I love the, the draft day feels because some of the stories that come out of that are just hilarious uh, and he already gave me one to do i just haven't done it yet so um and it's an absolute belt i, I love it so we're going to be doing that jake once again thank you very much uh, for coming by pal always happy to help whether it's for the whole show or just little segments i'm always happy to to have my input and it's good to have you here and uh, thank you to everyone listening and uh, watching us on youtube as well uh, for the clips and uh, we'll catch you next week's edition of the winfl show